Hello and welcome back to Does It Roll. We are playing the code and we are down to our final, final hour. Some awful things happened last episode. My name is Joe Trier and I am the Keeper and Host tonight and we are going to do a very, very brief recap and jump straight back into our characters who are in some pretty dire situations. First of all, Jack Connolly played by Owen and Richmond Green played by Duncan are out in the forest. They have seen some pretty mind-rending things. First of all, the forest and all that is within it seems to be encased in some sort of strange shimmering bubble that is contracting, getting smaller, and creatures from beyond the bubble are trying to rip their way in. Strange, chitinous, lobster-like abominations are forcing their way into this tiny area that our characters are held within. They've also found a clearing where sometime in the past, poor, poor Professor Connolly had been buried and Richmond Green has realized that not only is his friend lying in the mud beneath him, but his friend must have died before the telegram that invited them all there was written. So who wrote the telegram? Meanwhile, Professor Keane is up in the attic. He is retrieving the code box, the thing that activates the time machine and allows anyone to use it. But he is caught between two things. We have on one side, Claire or Elizabeth or whatever her name is. And on the other side, the scintillating diamond creature, this thing from beyond space and time, this fractal being who has now noticed him and realizes that he is there. And last, we have John Roy, who has just found Professor Connolly's diary. He has found a number of insights which explain this whole mess. Can he communicate it to anyone? Maybe, maybe not, because coming through the door behind him is William. And John Roy, William, is covered from the tips of his fingers all the way up to his arms in blood. I think we're going to start with you. Mr. Roy, Professor, and he says it almost scathingly. What have you found there? <clears throat> uh, David, you fool. I give him, I just like, I slam the diary into his chest. Take this, find your sister. You've messed this all up. <laughs> he takes a step back but he's holding this thing threateningly he was about to hit you with it and now he pauses for a second put that down you fool I'm gonna need a fast talk roll can I try intimidate it instead oh no again because obviously there's a difference between player and character so I, i'm actually happy if, if you if you pictured your character doing this in a much more intimidating way then uh, yeah go for it yeah okay. <laughs> he said you're not intimidating real life so I was actually <laughs> saying, he just, it's, it's the worst insult you've ever had all right uh yeah like he, he yeah okay i'll roll that i get a off uh, um, I rolled an 88 versus 50. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use luck on this one. Go, oh really? I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use 38 luck to make that a success. I had a dream. Wow. Uh, okay. So what does that leave you luck wise? Uh, I was on 55 minus 38. What does that leave me with? Uh, my math is not working. So it's 17. 
17 last Check, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. Remember, I remember right. when your teacher said that you would never have a calculator on you? Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the whole instrument in front of you. <laughs> There's 27 so, um, calculators watching us right now. They can so, help. so he takes a step back and he goes, how the hell do you know that name? Do you think you're the only ones that, that are patrons of Yogg-Sothoth? Now he just looks really confused. What, what what are you talking about? And he's beginning to wave it more threateningly again, but this time he looks a bit scared. Your sister and her meditations, who do you think she talks to? She ain't my sister and I don't care what she knows. I need the code and I'll try to, I'll beat it out of you like I beat it out of those other professors. I don't have the damn code. Professor Keen has it. Where is Keen? He, I don't know. <laughs> I'm in here looking for him. Under floorboards. He he's like he's intimidating. He seems really confused. Um and he goes, Alright. But now we'll work together on this. He's not on this floor. And he gestures over to the room on the far side that is half a jar and like it's dark, but by the light of your torch beam, you're sure you can see a pair of feet laying down, pointing out there. Let's go up to the next floor and see what we can find. Okay, I'll follow you. Go. Okay. So let's go two floors up to the uh, well, attic. Well, what I want oh. is while we're going up the stairs and he's right yeah, yeah. in front of me, Okay. I pull up the revolver and I shoot him in the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's 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 pause that at that moment. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we're so easy. <laughs> and let's move up two floors to Professor Keen himself, who has got this being, this fractal entity, heading towards you at speed. Can I push the world? Because I did, I did fumble. Um, I think with a world of ninety-six. Okay. So, what are you going to do to push the roll? I am going to stare straight into it and try and exert my will on it. Fantastic. Okay. So this is going to be an a, an opposed power roll. So you are literally matching wills with a creature from beyond time and space. Exactly. <laughs> that always goes well. Um, and, it, and it is a pushed roll. So I will say that if some, if you fail, um, something pretty awful is going to happen. So I'll just put that out there. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm well aware so, of the whisk, mister. Uh, I, do you want me to give you the target? Oh, well, you've gone already. 88. I've, 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 no, I've not gone already. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, go for that, it. That, that was someone that, else's role, please. Someone else's role. Scrub that. No, it's not me. Currently, no. <laughs> as much as a voice in before he dies. <laughs> so right. He's enjoying so, it so much. Yes, exactly. I'm so done. So done. Right. So. I've rolled a 48. Okay. And what's your power? My power is 60. So that's a normal success. So yes. let's see if you can beat this creature. So, as a 55, so that is a normal success. 
So you feel these icy tendrils trying to push itself into your being, but you are able to erect these mental barriers, these sort of- Just chairs, just chairs. <laughs> just every wall of chairs. Yeah, I'm just like, I am a chair. You cannot, cannot reach my chair kingdom. You feel that you are able to exert control. You can see a gap in its defenses and you push your psyche, your id into it and you feel yourself spiraling into infinity. You can see this creature the size of a star or it has no size. There's no, there's no space out here. This creature is pure thought and then something grabs onto you, a human thought, something very, very real and it has control of this creature. This creature is its servant and you are forced away from it. You feel yourself thrust backwards and it's not just your mind that's thrust backwards, your actual form. And you feel yourself falling, falling across the floor. You tumble backwards as if thumped full in the chest and you lie flat on the floor looking up and there looking down at you is Claire holding her gun, pointing down at you. And she says, there, very, very stupid thing to do, Mr. Keen. Well, I thought it was very clever, but if it had worked. <laughs> shall, we, shall we go to the time machine? And yes. at that moment, there's a gunshot from the floor below. <laughs> <laughs> And I think let's let's move ourselves to the forest where Jack Connolly, oh, Richmond nice. Green, and Parker are standing above the corpse of Kenneth Connolly as the, the very walls of reality are squeezing in on them. Um, hmm. Now, Jack, my boy, <laughs> you are right. That that is your brother. But right now, you need to focus because it looks like. The end of the world is right there, so let's get back to the house now, and then we can think about what we're going to do, all right? Yeah. Fine, look, let's get back to the house. There's definitely someone in the house, that Willie character, killed my brother. He's got to be the cause of all this. He has to be. Very well, let's go. Um, and uh, Richmond's going to sort of like, sort of like gesture and follow, um, and is going to assume that Parker's going to be actually sort of like... <laughs> Um, pushing Jack along. Um, I'm going to take my hatchet off the ground as I, as I yeah, trudge okay. towards the house. Now, now listen, Jack. Something very curious. That um, your, your brother looks to me to have been killed over a week ago. Okay, what are you saying? Um, I, I suspect it wasn't him that might have sent us the, uh, the telegram. Um, it all seems a little bit curious. I, I think there may be some foul play at work. I mean, look, that Willie character, I've never heard of him. He's never been here. Benji or Benjamin was, he'd been with my family since I was a child. He always looked after my parents. He was here in the summers when we came back. When my brother moved back, he was here at the start. So I don't know, whatever happened, Benji, God rest him. I think Willie might have been the cause of that as well, so. The first chance we see you do to Willie what you tried to do to Parker. Uh, <laughs> a funny moment, my brother's died, friend. 
<laughs> Very insensitive. You mean Chuck. You mean shoot the blackguard? Oh, yes. Because if you don't, I'm going to hit him with an axe. But like, maybe shoot before I get away with an axe. Now listen, my boy. This is it, what you're talking about here is is murder. But there's very strange no, things no, happening no, no, right no. now. So it's self defense. If like it'll be our word against no one, so he's dead. <laughs> listen, my boy. I, there's already the body of my brother. There's very strange things happening right now, and uh, truthfully, you were you were very supportive of me a short mm-hmm. time ago when strange things were happening. So I shall. Uh, I promise you now, as a word of an Englishman, I will do my best to help you out here. Yeah, like you see him, he gets his comeuppance, right? That's what you people say. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go and deal. Go and stick it to them. <laughs> Stick it to the man. That's what my people say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and apparently we're no crime-fighting vigilante group. This is how Watchmen started. <laughs> I feel like Mr. Green is the origin story for Batman. <laughs> <laughs> A really old one. <laughs> so, sirs, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but look, look! And Parker is pointing to where this bubble, this this scintillating wall is getting closer, but it's beginning to rip apart and this tentacled head is forcing its way through. Can you give me a, a spot roll? A spot Are we going to miss the head? Oh. Just, just, a, <laughs> just a thing. Are right, you going first, you? Uh Please. Okay. 12, we'll take it. Versus 40. Nice. Ooh, okay. Hard success. I got. We'll spend four luck to make it extreme success. <laughs> <laughs> that nine luck's going to save me. Just you watch. Four luck to spare. I have failed with a fifty-four. Okay. Off. So Jack Connolly, you are staring in, I guess, horror or interest or shock <laughs> at this whatever Ooh. this thing is that's coming through. This sort of fungaloid creature with membranous rings and many articulated legs. But for a moment, you see beyond it. And beyond this wall, through this rip in the fabric of space-time, you see the world as it should be. Beyond there, you can very, very much see the forest in April. And as so this thing it... rips itself through, the its body is now blocking what you see beyond. But you're no... Right now, you're in this kind of like rainy winter forest, which is wrong anyway. But for a moment, you saw through this rip the world as it should be. But is it like, does it bubble wall, crazy lobster monster, no man's land, and the right area? Or is this like a straight, like, is this a line barrier? Do you get me? Is there like a void between from messed up winter time to. So you can, because you've had it pointed out to you before, you can see where this wall is. This kind of, it looks like uh, a continuation of the forest, but it shimmers and it's slightly out of focus. Then there's a rip in it, an actual tear, and beyond that tear, although mostly blocked by this creature, is another, a summer forest, or a spring forest. And this creature is now stuck in this kind of wall halfway no, through it's literally through. ripping its way through so it's getting it's forcing its through it's like 15 feet away and moving quite fast towards you okay look uh, either uh, one more thing so the last thing is you do, the thing that's blocking it the thing that seems to be 
blocking your sight of the the spring forest seems to be a long cylinder, a wide cylinder, maybe about 10 inches in diameter and about, say, foot and a half wide, that it seems to be carrying in one of its membranous claws. Cool. Right. Uh, look, uh, Richie. Yeah, uh, that's it's been it's been a touching moment. We've bonded culturally. Either we shoot that thing in the face, or we go kill Willie and then fight this thing. I vote for Willie as a warm up. Then we maybe go into this this whatever whatever this is. Um, so this thing's really close to us, right? It's like fifteen foot away. Like it's not, it's finding it hard to rip a pup, rip its way in. So it's. But it's got so many legs, and it's very strong. I mean, it's literally ripping apart reality. Um, it's it. You've probably got like, you know, a couple of seconds, like maybe like thirty. Is seconds. it is it big? Is it like yes? You know, yeah, like... it's like as big as a horse. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, right. Um, There's I think... no wrong answer here, Duncan. Go for it. I know. <laughs> like, whatever you're thinking it can't be worse than what I initially thought like, I went against that instinct oh, it's, it's pretty bad uh, go Jack go go um, and uh, Richmond being an older chap is not expecting to be able to keep up in this situation so he's going to be sort of you know closing the breach in his shotgun and going as quickly as he can after Jack nice uh, so but expecting you... to have to fire shortly Perfect. are you going to fire now or are you going to wait until an incident happens. Um, I'm going to uh, see what it does as we start moving away. If it starts like, if it breaks through, and suddenly comes for us, then yeah, I'm going to let it have it. Could be like uh, cash. Could be. Friendly. I'm hoping we can get away without having to fire at it. Okay, so Jack Connolly, are you happy to run away yeah, from gone. this thing? Okay. I'm not gone. <laughs> <laughs> he goes first. Jack go and like before he finishes sentence, are caught. Okay, God. Like all Jack is concerned about is getting revenge for his brother on William, who he 100% believes has murdered him. Okay, so Parker is staring at this thing and has gone ice white. And for a moment, he looks like he's going to stay with you. Then he goes, sir, and turns around and starts running after Jack Connolly. Um, this thing is forcing its way through um, and it's beginning to buzz. And you can hear this like cicada-like chittering and it's louder and louder and louder. And you're feeling it kind of impinging on your eardrums. It's actually painful. Okay. <laughs> is it coming through then? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's almost in there. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so Richmond's going to uh, see Jack and Parker running for it and uh, say to himself, mm, hello there, beastie. Every now and then you have to get the cane out of the cupboard and give something a damn good thrashing. <laughs> and he's got to fire a shotgun straight at it. <laughs> I hope Richie doesn't okay. have kids. <laughs> so, uh, are you going to fire one barrel or two? Um, I'm going to fire one barrel. Um, okay. Thinking that it's probably wise to have a second barrel just in case. Nice. Okay. So, give me that. Um, give me that rifle slash shotgun. Okay. Uh, this is when you roll a one, by the way. Please, Please roll a one. <laughs> Please. You know what? If I ever rolled a one, I want it to be right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's an 85. It's a miss. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> How much luck do you have? Um, plenty, and I'm thinking I'm going to spend lots of it. Uh... 
so the the creature so your kind of shot goes wild and it crashes into the the shimmering wall next to it and you see this ripple effect but like multiplied by a thousand because obviously your shotgun uh, bullets are way more than your stick and the whole of reality judders for a minute and you kind of take a step back it's like you're all within a bubble and the whole bubble has been knocked to one side and you you feel that and in fact all of your characters at this minute will kind of stumble to one side as oh. the entire world begins Does to tremble. Does that mean there's not a gun pointed at me anymore because she's fallen over? Well, we we'll have to. Call <laughs> for luck. Call for luck. That's a luck roll, surely. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love that. So very very quickly, meanwhile, back in the attic, could <laughs> Professor Key make it? I'm happy to either do your rock luck roll or um, Elizabeth's dexterity. You can choose. We'll do my 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 work well. Thank you very much. Okay. Um. Here we go. And I've oh my got god! Twenty three against fifty two. Yeah. She doesn't just stumble, but she actually falls over and she falls backwards away from the trapdoor, oh. um, <laughs> giving you a moment. What do you do? Um. Yeah, I've got the uh, the key still on me, so I scramble as fast as I can. And I try to get down the attic and I pull the string so it closes up on her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are gone and you start running through the house. Richmond Green, back with you. This creature has now forced its way into your world, into this bubble, and it is facing off with you. It is less than 15 foot away and it is chittering and buzzing and it is waving this like, um, like cylinder at you waving it at me just sort of like it's waving it menace <laughs> it's like it's, just, it's, it's, it's like it's got a little lantern it's like excuse me <laughs> it's language um i am going to shoot it with a second barrel nice okay give me that rifle shotgun okay seventy-one. i think i'm about to spend some luck um I need I need 60 so yeah I'm going to spend 11 luck okay nice okay so uh, take that off and give me your okay. damage roll okay what's the damage for a shotgun um 46 46 alright oh my god oh my god <laughs> well that's huge okay <laughs> you have damage. 19 damage yeah you have destroyed it. You've struck it straight in this thing that I guess must be ahead, and it just splits open. And this kind of fungoid matter just sprays out in streams, like almost like spider webs, attaching itself to the wall and the floor, and it flies towards you and just stops like two feet away. And where it touches, the, the ground changes like this thing is growing on it. And this creature collapses to the floor in this massive, like it looks like toadstools or this odd mushroom matter, which is obviously out of phase with our world as it bubbles and hisses and is beginning to kind of like effervesce into the, the air around you and the smell it's, it's indescribable, this alien uh, ab abomination to your nostrils, and you feel yourself choking, and I need a con roll. Con roll? Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> 
come on, 30. Come on. 85. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> you, you can't catch your breath and you start choking and you drop to your knees and the world goes black. John Roy, <laughs> you have just fired fine. at point fine. blank range into a, a, an unmoving, an undefendable target. Can you give me that damage roll? Okay, what is it? Just hang on. Um, you can do d10 plus one. d10 plus one. Let's uh, well, just d10 there. It ends up being two damage. 10, <laughs> 11 damage. Oh, <laughs> holy. <laughs> <laughs> it is a heart shot. You have splintered his ribs and uh, matter, just blood and guts and, well, blood and uh, bone matter spray across the stairs and he just silently drops to his face in front of you. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I like, stumble back down the stairs and I just, like, fall against the wall and... Jesus Christ. And he like runs over to one of the rooms that he saw the feet in and he opens up the door. And, and then like the whole world just judders for a second and you feel yourself falling forward. <laughs> Give me that dex roll. <laughs> oh, no. It's like, it's almost like an earthquake, but it's, it's, it's not, you know, back and forth. It's like the whole world is just tilted to one side. Oh, my God, like a ship and storm. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, ooh, 38 versus 50. So you grab onto the side of the door and you're looking down at the bloody forms of Professor Quinn and Diana, who have been, well, beaten horrendously, um, and their bloody forms lay in front of you. G Jesus Christ! Uh, yeah, let's let's have that sanity. <laughs> oh, okay. you're not hardened. I <laughs> uh, rolled a four. Extreme wow. success. Good okay, God. yeah, you bite your lip and you're unaffected by the gruesome sight before you. Oh, well, I just blew a man's heart out of his chest, so I'm I, maybe a bit just <laughs> This like, is pretty okay. <laughs> uh, I, I run back out of that room and I'm just... I'm like, I start shouting out for Charles. I'm like, Char Charles, Charles, are you here? And Professor Keane comes running down the yeah. stairs towards you. <laughs> 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 we need to get the hell out of here. This is... Everything is... Everything's wrong. I, I I killed a man. You are absolutely <laughs> correct. Right, let's go see if the car works. <laughs> I'm running with Keen. Where okay. were, along the way, where, where were you? So, so, so Claire is potentially unconscious, no idea. Uh, upstairs. I'm pretty sure she's Elizabeth. Um, yeah. And no, uh, she, she, she held is. me at gunpoint to, to get me to... Oh my God, is that a potty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's have a sanity run for Professor Keane. <laughs> Did he just miss William on the stairs or David on the stairs? Yeah, yeah, he like, flipped a little bit on his body. And I was like, whoa, what was that? Because no, it's very dark. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm going to roll. Um, I've rolled a 75 against the sanity of 59. Is this oh, where God, he goes God, and me... kills me? I think give me a d6, yeah. Well, you don't roll five or more, or we're having a bout of madness. Oh, no. Karen doesn't act madness well, he's never done it before. 
I've heard the two. Oh, you, you, like you, you do feel like you're going to be sick. Your, your kind of gorge rolls <laughs> up in your chest, and for a moment you're just about to vomit out the martini you had while having drinks and appetizers. Here, I mean, it, it feels like a lifetime ago, but you managed to hold it in. I like grab him by the shoulder and like just start pulling him back towards the stairs. Did, did you can... kill him, John? I didn't kill them. I killed that man on the stairs and I shined a flashlight back on the dead guy on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's David William. Him and him okay. and that, that woman, Elizabeth, they're siblings or something, I don't know, but So he... you've killed her brother? She's fucking crazy. So was he. He killed those two. <laughs> Let's get out of here, please. This is. And then I, I take, take the key thing and I put it in his hand. I'm like, you have the code for this. This is what this is what they want. And <laughs> so I'm basically, I'm like, this this is what she's after. And let's go let's go see if we can find uh, Richmond Green and and, uh, and and Jack. Let's go. Let's go. So you run downstairs at speed. So you heading? Where are you heading once you get to the bottom floor? Um, do we want to? We'll just try like the front it. door again. We're like, it can't yeah, possibly be a wolf again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the door. You open the door into this 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 actual thunderstorm, and running towards you through the darkness and the rain is a terribly haggard figure. Someone who is literally, or at least figuratively, an experienced hell tonight, Jack Connolly. Oh my god, you're alive! From the darkness. <laughs> we've we've got to get out of here, guys. Um, I, I, that Willy guy killed my brother. I, I don't know what's happening, but he definitely killed my brother. Well, You're I just covered in, like, like, muck and blood. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a dirty mess. There's also weird, like, praying mantis lobster people chasing us. Where's They've Richie? got Richie. They got him. Yeah, look, Parker's coming behind me. He's he'll tell you, and he's so a trustworthy Englishman. A, if I if I try to do it like a spot hidden, am I? Can I try and see if I can see uh, Richmond in, in the distance? So, like, you look into the dark, and there's no, there's not even a sign of Parker. He's not there either. Oh. But flying through the woods, like, in fact, give me a spot hidden, um, Professor King, as you're kind of looking into the darkness. You're trying to peer through the storm. I know, I said Packer's here and he's not here and this looks bad, but trust me, it was really. So I've rolled uh, 14 against 30. So the the drive is wide, so like 50 foot away is where the forest is, and flying out of the forest is a terrible creature. This this thing that's like half crustacean, half insect, half fungal abomination with these huge membranous wings. It has no face, there's no eyes, it's just this mass of tentacles and it is flying towards you. Uh, and I need the sanity roll. Absolutely. Um, this time I do throw up. I don't care what I roll. <laughs> um, I've rolled... Uh, oh, my God. I've rolled a three. Okay. A nice lunch. That's a tasty bum. Yeah, so you, so you still lose one sanity from seeing this creature. And you stumble back away from it, slamming the door in front of you. Oh. Uh, Everyone, right, we're not going out there. We're going to have to use the key, John. Okay, okay, let's go. Let's just go and get... The hell's the key? Hell? What are you talking about? Your brother sent me a letter. It had a code in it. Uh, Keen found the key for the machine in the library. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, but, it, boy, doesn't, not, sure, it, 
Let's try this. There's a there's a lobster mushroom man. Something that looks delicious. We battered it and ate it, chasing us down. Let's just get in here and use this key. Yeah, if it makes what? you feel any better, William is dead. I killed him. <laughs> uh, that does. Yeah, that helps. So as you, as you say that, uh, marching down the stairs is Claire brandishing oh her God. gun, <laughs> and she goes, I noticed that. I'm so glad that you've removed one more obstacle from my path. You say you have the key. Let's use it, Professor Keen. That's exactly what I want to do. We're not going out there. Joke's on you. <laughs> Joke's <laughs> on you. <laughs> Claire, or should I say Elizabeth? <laughs> oh god actually the name is eve eve pierce but that's so you were pretending to be elizabeth who was pretending, pretending to, to be claire dr connelly had his uses he helped me create this device but now it's made i need it unlocked so, so now that you're, so can you, okay, firstly, let's all go to the library. Clearly you have a scan point and all that. I'm just saying, why do you want to, to have access to a time machine? Well, I have a few, shall we say, ideas of things that could be achieved with such a device. Let's not be so coy. Why don't you just explain it? <laughs> <laughs> why don't we just get this machine working, hey? And she starts gesturing right. right. towards her garden, towards the uh, the room. Mm -hmm. So, do you follow along the three of you, or are you do you have something in mind? Oh, my hands are up. I'm already in halfway into the wild. Not dying is my plan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is I, there I, a different I, option? I'm gonna go along with. That. I'm gonna make sure like that. I, I that I I'm gonna try to like sneak the gun into like my belt. So that she doesn't see it, and then just like put my hands up and move with the other one with the, with the rest of them. Okay, um, I'm gonna need you to make a sleight of hand roll. You're gonna shoot your ass off, or oh, no? However, like it is really dark, so I'm gonna let you roll with advantage. You can have a bonus dice. Okay, so I do regular roll is a 28. And what's the how does the bonus dice work? I just roll a d10. So you, you can roll a d10 and it, it counts as the 10s again. So rather than 20, it could be something else. Okay, so I get 38 first. Yeah, so 28, uh -huh. what's your sleight of hand? Uh, my sleight of hand is 10, so I don't successfully do that. Oh, well. no. <laughs> so do you wish to spend luck or push this roll? Um, I will... Oh, I push it. If I push it, do I still get the bonus dice? Yes, yeah, you do. Okay, I'll push it because I'll, like, I'll kind of... It's a one As I'm doing it, it kind of, I kind of fumble on it, and then I kind of step behind... Um, Jack, just to clarify, can, really can, you see use, it properly. can you use luck on push rolls? You cannot use luck I, on push oh, rolls. I only have 17 luck left anyway. Even if I tried to use the 17 luck there, I couldn't have gotten Oh, god damn it. <laughs> it was I a good intimidate roll. Like, it was a good use of luck to get... Okay. Oh my god! Four! Yes! Oh. <laughs> Man's a genius! Zero, four, is that? Yeah, that's a four. Oh, uh, okay, <laughs> <a> four. so... <laughs> So the gun begins to slip out of your grasp and there's this moment where you you see yourself literally just throwing it across the room and you manage to get your finger caught on the trigger guard and nearly fire the gun and then manage to stash it in your belt all while maintaining a complete poker face and then just <laughs> raise your hands. Hand I've got the flashlight still. I'm kind of like <laughs> on the ground. I'm just like, 
let's 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 go. Let's just get this done. Don't point the don't point the flashlight at the brother, because you won't want to see that. <laughs> you're, you're like two floors below that right now, and she oh. like walked over. <laughs> I think she even thanked she you for doing it. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> so, I'm so glad that you three are here. You've made things just so much easier. You've gathered everything together. Now, I, do I need this? And she points to her gun. You three look like men of vision. You must understand the power that we have at our fingertips. We could literally do anything. And she, you enter the library, and there everything stands as you left it before. The three bullet holes in the wall, which John Roy is uncovered. The machine itself, which probably was nicely on this stand, is now scattered across the floor after Professor Keith. <laughs> <laughs> and on the uh, the left wrist of the machine, so it's got these gloves. There is this gap where this device, this code device, can be entered. Right. So I'm. <clears throat> and I go over and I grab the helmet and I'm like, come on then, Elizabeth, put on the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're She's... the one who wants to use this device, right? She says, as much as I would like to journey, well, to where I plan to go, let's just see if you really do have what you say you have. Put the device in that thing and enter the code, will you? Okay. <clears throat> so, um, so, uh, so, go on. Yeah, so it, it clicks in perfectly, like it's obviously made to be Can there. Can I whisper something before, as this is happening, to discreetly to the two guys? Sure. Or try. Yeah. Uh, so, um, she'll get a listen roll. Um, so that's how we'll, we'll probably do that. What, what the hell does this thing do, guys? I have no idea. But she fails. That didn't help me, Nile. I really need some, some information for the next move, but okay, fair enough. It's, Thanks. It's, 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 yeah, I have no way. It's some kind of time machine, but I don't know how it works. Your brother was working on it. She helped him make it. Ah, oh, cool. That, 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 that way more helpful. Thank you, Niall. Uh, <laughs> Name's John, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> John seems like a nice guy. Niall, not so much. <laughs> so, John, so you could go back and stop her ever causing all this mess theoretically if you know how to use it yeah ah, i have the code that she's looking for but i mean what's what's worse than like what's worse than this situation right now i mean i'm happy to volunteer i was like because... the police are coming and that'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the window's closed this time it's just it's loud i'm next to a road <laughs> um like I, i'll volunteer can you send me back to like the beginning of march I don't know how to use the machine. I can try, but sure. Fuck, go for it. And I'll put the helmet, like, I'll grab the helmet off Professor Keen and I guess put it on. Like, it, if, it, look, if you're going to shoot me there's anyway. There's actually, there's a pair. So I give him the other gloves and the other shoes because there's other and, bits. And Elizabeth goes, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Enter the code first. I don't want you gentlemen wearing this thing till we've come to some sort of agreement. And she she nods towards. Uh, but how do you know it works? Like, isn't that the whole thing? You want you, like you guys at gunpoint to put us in this weird thing to kill my brother? Um, just put the code in. Is it seven? Um, <laughs> Jack so, doesn't know this. Code. So she is gonna shoot you. 
good. She's gonna, she's gonna try. Oh. Why? I'm, I'm helping. I'm trying to help. Okay. She rolls a success. I need you to get me a dodge roll. Oh boy. Dodge is half your dex, isn't it? Oh, it fantastic. Is, yeah. I rolled a 45 versus. Oh boy. 25. It's really hard to move with this helmet and gloves. Okay, so the the gun goes off. There's this flash of smoke and you feel this pain in your stomach and you feel yourself drop to the floor as you take four points of damage. As a reaction, can I pull out my gun and shoot her? Ooh, I'm helping. Well, because uh... <laughs> <laughs> she's distracted and she's not focusing on me right now. Don't say the plan, boys. So, so that would be so basically what she's got is almost like a surprise round. She has a drawn gun and she's a drawn gun and she's literally pointing at you. So all she needs to do is draw the trigger. So we can do that next round. Um, okay. But obviously, because she has a, a a gun drawn, she gets quite a significant addition to her decks. However, let us change the camera very briefly <laughs> to our old friend Rich. <laughs> your old friend Rich. <laughs> Britannia. You, you open your eyes to the horrendous, shocking form of Parker leaning over you, his cigarette breath breathing into your mouth. <sighs> Please say you're alive. God, I should never have left you. Please, sir. <laughs> oh, thank God. I'd never have forgiven myself if I'd lost another client. I mean, if you'd died. <laughs> what, what, Parker, what's going on? I heard, heard two shots. Him running back. And Wait a minute, what do you mean lost another client? I, 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 I... I <laughs> I don't know what you mean, sir. Uh, okay, very good. So, what's what's going on? Where's that thing? Please, we need to go. And he points, and like the the bubble, the wall is like mere inches away. He's trying to drag you away from it. Please, sir, we've got to get out of here. Very good, very good. Let's go. Um, do I do I still have my gun? You do. You do still have your gun. Very good. I'm going to start uh, going along as fast as my old legs can carry me, whilst. Uh, trying to reload <laughs> so you you don't have very much memory of your journey through the forest you remember stumbling and parker catching you and parker stumbling and you catching him as you because the path's gone now the path's been absorbed by this 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 wall this this your reality is crumbling into this tiny tiny sphere that basically only contains a small part of the forest and the house and as you burst from the clearing you see in front of you three of these creatures descending towards the house from the sky above and they enter through the one into the attic one into the second floor one into the first floor with a they're not even like going through windows they're just ripping through the walls themselves what do you do um richmond's going to go for the front door um shouting for jack um yeah, he's going to go go to the front door, uh, burst in. Jack! Jackie boy! You throw the door <laughs> open and you hear a gunshot coming from the library. Okay. Um, you, he immediately heads towards the sound of the gun. Then. So you burst in just as Jack Connolly drops the floor 
bloodstain spreading across his shirt. Jack, you take four hit points of damage, and we are going to go in dex order. Um, but obviously, because Elizabeth, Claire, or whatever her name is, has a drawn gun, she will get an advantage, but so will you, Richmond, because you have a drawn gun, and you also have the surprise. So... She shoots me. <laughs> Get out of my way, good man. <laughs> Around, she is going to point her gun at the, at the the two of you still standing, and she's going to say, "Enter the code." I will do that immediately. I just put in the the, the slot, and I just start putting in the code. <laughs> Perfect. Do you remember the code? Because you've got. You've, you've had it to, I need an intelligence roll. Okay, we'll see if I remember the code. Go against 60. I roll an 11. Yes, I remember it exactly, of course. So, at that moment, Richmond Green, you burst in behind her. You have the initiative. Um, so, Richmond doesn't really know what's going on here, but he can see that Jack has um, been obviously shot by this lady. Uh, but shooting a lady is very ungentlemanly. So what he's going to do is um, aim his shotgun at her, marching towards her kind of like purposely, and try and intimidate her. Drop that gun now! Give me that intimidate roll. King <laughs> for a 50. 70-year-old man walking in with a shotgun. <laughs> That's right. Young lady, drop that weapon. You can, absolutely have a, you can have a bonus dice because you are very intimidating right now, dripping with rain, covered in mud, <laughs> like, like some creature from the Battle of My first roll's 56, Please. so I'll roll another d10 to be the advantage. 36. Um, wow. Yeah, I'll she go with that. She is incredibly intimidated, and she just drops the gun and puts her hands up as she goes, Well played, sir. Well played. Get back! Move away! Move away from them, Jack. Are you okay? Uh, no, I'm like it really is, it hurts. Like I could do with a doctor, but I think I'm okay. Um. Okay. It really uh, hurts. Richmond's going to be uh, sort of like going over, still pointing his gun at her. Um, she doesn't within... seem very intimidated. To be fair, she looks very calm and she very purposely and almost like she's pleased. Like has dropped the gun. She doesn't seem that worried that you're pointing a shotgun at her. Um, okay, so um, Richmond's going to uh, say, does anyone know first aid? At this point, I think I've finished the code. Okay. Do you all make me feel better, Richie, if you shot her? I really, like, it's, she's the, really been a bad person. So the um, device starts humming and the whole room starts kind of like vibrating as if this device is literally in sync with the, the, the physicality of the room itself. And you feel your, your whole body kind of swaying and, and aligning with it. And as you touch the device, everything stops. And you don't feel sick, you don't feel worried. Everyone else in the room is looking like they're actually actually going to be ill. Whereas for you, touching the device, you feel in harmony, in sync. Huh. And you but actually I mean, seem to be moving a little bit faster than everyone else as well. Really? So I run over and I give, give Claire a slap because she can't react in time. <laughs> 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 You've been very bad. She actually does look quite shocked for a moment and she falls back and she says really slowly, 
you will regret that, <laughs> sir. Right. Hey. Um, and and I, I, I take her, her gun away because she's dropped it already. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. And, and I go over and I, I put the gun into Jack's hand. And, uh, and I'm like, this is amazing. wonder what else I could do. Um, so can I try and perhaps move reality with my will? You're going to have to put on the boots and the gloves and oh. the backpack. Okay, and I can do that very quickly. <laughs> I just like... <laughs> to, to everyone else, this is really fucking weird. Like, he is moving yeah. double time, and I need sanity rolls from all oh, of you. Really hard. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say, uh, if you fail, take one sanity off, and I'm going to focus on uh, uh, Professor Keen, if that's okay. So just jot it on your character sheet. Um, so if you if you pass, you've gone through this a lot. I think it's probably normal. So, uh, Curran, carry on. What are you doing? You've put on the suit. I've put on the full suit, and I'm trying to bring us back to the to back in time. All of everyone in this room. I'm trying to bring us back to when uh, when when Connolly was was originally still alive. So, so from you... what I understand, would be three four days ago. <laughs> so you. You feel your mind splitting infinitely into spirals and you realize that this is impossible. There is no way that a three-dimensional being can understand four dimensions no more than an ant can appreciate the Eiffel Tower. No more than people of Flatland can understand what 3D shapes are like. But then suddenly you see it. The world, the room flattens out in front of you and you can push your hand through it like you could push your finger through a 2D painting. And then suddenly you see your room, this scene, again and again and again, infinitely spiraling into the distance. And you turn, you see it again behind you. Every single possibility that's happened, every single possibility that could happen in every single direction. And then suddenly you feel your mind crumbling. You cannot take this. How can a single being understand how time works while still taking into account the fact that you are on a spinning planet which is spinning round an enormous solar entity, which is itself spinning through the the galaxy itself. There's too much for one person to take on, and I need you to give me a power roll. I've got power of 60. I don't know if I'm going to... It's going to be good. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I've rolled a four. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> and Professor Keed vanishes. And so does the time machine. Meanwhile, Claire pushes herself up from the ground where this blurred figure had knocked her away, stealing her gun. And she goes, don't know what just happened, but the three of you are gonna pay. And then descending through the ceiling is this fractal entity, this spinning diamond, this awful, creature from beyond that you cannot comprehend and it starts descending towards John Roy and Richmond Green who are standing shoulder to shoulder what do you do? Dude, her (laughs) (laughs) I have no other options right now give me that firearms roll oh this is going to be bad because I actually don't have firearms I just want to say as well while we're doing the roll is when I took the gun I gave it to Jack 
No, Jack has Elizabeth's gun. <laughs> he did he mention did. that. Jack, he did. Oh, he, he said, said he it. I heard it. He said he'd get picked up. Uh, You'll have to travel print. back in time and tell Kurid in the past to do that. <laughs> that would have been he a great idea. <laughs> he did it. He, he, he did it at the time. He picked up, yeah. he picked up Eve's gun and, and put it in Jack's hands. He you actually said I, that. I actually think you did do that, yeah. I think yeah. you did. Yeah. Joe. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you, can't this, you can't hit this mistake out, Joe. It's life. Chat, please back us up here. <laughs> uh, see, look. Chad Roy, give me that. Uh, I, rolled, I rolled 87 versus um, 20. <laughs> Your shot goes wild, and she just pushes herself to her feet, smiling. Uh, Richmond Green, what do you do? Uh, Richmond wants to fire one shot at her of the shotgun and then he's going to raise the gun up to fire whatever this thing is coming down through the ceiling okay so That's give me the, the first shot versus her okay um, come on come on <laughs> we'll take a two <laughs> two will be good <laughs> he fires um, 37 is a hit okay. uh, 60 <laughs> okay um <laughs> So, she is going to try and dodge. Um, she gets a 39, but that is actually a fail. So, she <laughs> takes the blast in her chest. But it 46, crashes into right? what seems to be a shimmering shield. This fractal shield appears in front of her, blocking the shots. And she smiles and says, or begins to say, the power off. And um, like, let's see if your damage is enough to penetrate the shield. 46 again, is it? 46? Yeah, 46, yeah. Um, oh my oh, god. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like last oh time. Yeah. Oh, just Christ. Same. Okay, so how <laughs> much is never that? Let you down. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, 19, yeah. Okay. Bessie is a mighty fine rifle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bessie is. Okay. So uh, the... you see Bessie. She's a wonderful girl. Bessie Her shield Bessie. stops it and then suddenly just explodes in front of you. Shimmering uh, crystals flying off in all directions before fading to nothing. And her smile disappears as she clutches her chest as a few <laughs> of those pellets have gone through, staining her blouse. Jack Connolly lying on the floor, bleeding. What do you do? So can Jack tell that, like, does he think there's any life left in her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still standing. Like, she's hurt, but she's, I mean, this should have destroyed her, but she is uh, probably not even as badly hurt as you are. So I'm going to, like, so I'm basically doubled over on the floor, fell onto my side. Like, basically, after the gun's put in my hand, just points at her and shoot for, like, the trunk of her body. Okay, give me that, uh, give me that <laughs> gun roll. <sighs> Come on, please be a 29. This I can use luck then. <laughs> uh, oh, I want four oh, pieces of oh, oh, yes. <laughs> It's an extreme success. Oh, Come on, boys. Okay, so extreme success is full damage plus damage. So I think we said this was a, a D10 plus one. So, so it does 11 damage plus, well, give me that roll. That's amazing. Plus five. No, sorry, plus eight. Seven. Oh, do you get a plus one to your... Yeah. Uh... So 11 plus eight is 19 total. Well, uh, so, um, well, We're her hit points... Ever. Well, yes. So her <laughs> hit points are significantly less. She has nine hit points. Oh, wow. 
So she her head just explodes in a bloody mist and she drops to the ground and this fractal entity starts well, it starts spinning faster and faster and these like jagged like it's quite even at first, almost like a, a diamond or um, it's sort of very very even, very symmetrical and it's no longer anymore. It is out of control and these long jagged spikes all over it begin growing and just jutting in every direction and where they slam into the floor or the wall or a piece of furniture, it leaves a blackened mark and it's completely removing whatever it touches from reality itself. When you look down at the floor you, where that's just been holed, you're like, oh yeah, the floor's always been like that. That's a bit odd. Why did they build the house like this? That's stupid. <laughs> like, um, and it is going crazy. Meanwhile, from above, you can hear this horrendous chittering sound as the creatures from beyond the bubble are descending towards you. Meanwhile, Professor Keen has jumped through time. Now, there is no way to be accurate with this thing, like, despite the fact you have grabbed onto your understanding of, of, of how you can possibly thrust yourself back in time. You haven't done exactly what you wanted. You've not gone back f- as far as you had originally planned. You find yourself flying and land in a darkened room. You crash into someone with a thud, knocking them to the ground. You look up. It's like you're in a, can this be right? It's like a stable. How can you be in a stable? Where's the stable? And you remember, there is a stable in this house. And like groaning on the floor is Parker. He's like, and he's holding a cigarette. He's like, God, what, how? What, what, you, what, where did you come from? And suddenly there's this shotgun blast which goes and blows across the stable where Parker had literally just been standing. You've just <laughs> saved his life. <laughs> <laughs> but before you can say anything, you feel yourself being dragged out of time. You're not stable. You're not phased with this reality anymore. You're not phased with time. You're not phased with space. Give me that power roll. Can you regain some of this momentum? Can you get to a place that you want to get to? I think Doc Brown checking the picture. 74 against 60. Can I use 14 luck? (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, you cannot use luck on this roll but you can push the roll as you feel your very essence being destroyed. Like you, you feel yourself wipe, you're wiping yourself from reality. Oh, so uh, to push the roll, I'm going to try and put my hands on the helmet and, and and think really, really hard about where I want to (laughs) go. Give yourself a pep talk. There's no place like home. There's no place like like home. It's like, Charles, if you've ever had a moment where you need to do something, this was it. This was it. This is your moment. Right. And I guess... And you, with that 77, that fail, you find yourself tumbling out of reality. You have lost yourself. 
you see images of this house, this area blurring. You see everybody arrive. You see um, Elizabeth driving up the driveway, arm in arm or arm round your friend, Professor Connolly. Then you're thrust back further. You see the house being built. Then you see the forest changing and growing and um, you, you're lost. It gets faster and faster and faster and faster. You see the strange people, people dressed completely different. Um, you see strange animals and then you go further and further and further and you see snow and you see ice and then you see volcanoes and you see ash and you see for a moment this flaming meteorite descending towards the ground and then blackness. Meanwhile, back in the room, the scintillating <laughs> fractal figure <laughs> is is <laughs> is going absolutely crazy. What do you do? I mean, the machine's been activated, right? The machine's gone. Oh, all of it, even the other all set? It, everything's gone. Yeah, the other set is attached to it. It's like someone could go with him, like be a passenger. I'm going to give you a round, and I'm going to start asking for dodge rolls as this thing is, like, spiraling out of control. Get the hell out of this room. Run away! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I... Uh, Rich, Richmond, help me with Jack. I'm like try to grab him. Now, this is a 60-something-year-old and a 70-something-year-old trying to pick up a what? How old is Jack? How much does Jack weigh? I'm a svelte 47. Okay, well, we're just <laughs> two older men do this. to carry him out of the room. <laughs> so, you, you, you can do it. I'm not going to ask for a strength roll, but as you enter the corridor, excuse me, descending downstairs are three insectoid creatures floating and buzzing one of them is carrying um like a device with at the end which seems to be like a burning ember from a cigarette and it's pointing at you the other two are each carrying these like cylinders these um each one about 10 inches long and maybe like a foot and a half high and they're buzzing and their buzzing is communication. They are trying to talk to you. But I'm going to need a power roll from each of you to see if you can engage on this okay. purely mental level. Good Let's power. see if we can, can engage you with, psyches with these yeah, creatures from beyond. Yes, I succeeded. I got a 48 versus 60. Did you say power roll? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I rolled an 80. I'm going to push the roll. Because so I'm like shaken up from getting shot in the stomach. I'm going to just steal myself for a second and really focus on the buzzing okay. and try and work out what's happening. Please, God. Oh! <laughs> 98! Do you know what the worst thing is? With the 80, I was one off with my luck from just passing. God <laughs> oh. Christ. Okay, so that is actually a fumble. So normally, out, normally I would know. Normally I would say a sanity roll. But I think with a fumble, we're just going to say we're going to skip the sanity roll and we're going to go right to the sanity damage. Oh, cool. Um, and I think again with a fumble, I think it's probably fair to say you know full damage Ten. is about right. So I think we're going to we're going to go for six full damage for your sanity as oh, you you try and engage with these alien creatures, these fungi from Yogoth, these completely beings that are nothing like anything that you've ever come across and have ever possibly imagined. And you can't take it. Well, or can you? You want to give me an intelligence roll? Oh, baby, he's my new best friend. Oh. 
Okay, versus uh, 60. Well, this is this is probably one you want to fail, because if you pass, then you do get it. Oh. 66. Wow. Versus you, 60. You, you, you can't build this into your understanding. You, you can't engage with this. Your, your mind just, just sort of breaks, and you almost step back, and this can't be happening. This must be a dream. That that's it. You're in a dream, or maybe you're hallucinating. You're probably probably snoozing in the car on the way to this, and you're fine with it. You can you can cope. Jack just. starts calling out for um, his brother Kenneth and Benji, randomly kind of walking around the <laughs> foyer looking for his family. Um, Richmond Green, how did you on that power roll? I got a big pass. I rolled twenty six. My target was seventy. Wow. Okay, you both understand these creatures. They are saying. <gasps> The time machine is... I'm going to regret doing that voice. I can't do it. The time machine is lost. This reality is almost over. We offer you escape. And they click open these devices, these metal jars that pop open and within is uh, an actual jar and inside this bubbling liquid and wires and you suddenly understand what they are offering you. This is a brain jar. They are offering you safe passage to their home <laughs> planet in the only way they know how to transport beings like you. <laughs> I mean, Roy is looking around. I mean, damn. You must choose. I... What do you mean this I... reality is ending? And from outside, you hear this, like, incredible crash. But, it, but it, it feels not like a crash of thunder. It sounds like a footstep of a mighty creature. Mm. Something huge. Something primordial. And a terrible roar comes from it. And suddenly, the side of the house is rent open by the gleaming maw of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh! <laughs> and riding on the back of it is none other than Professor Keep. I have come to save the day! <laughs> what the- and its jaws descend towards the creatures. And I think a sanity roll from everybody. <laughs> yeah. Hearing me? <laughs> no, you go no, on. I, I think you're indefinitely insane right now. Can we I, say I, that I, my you're entire, not according to the rules, but no. All of my clothes have changed and I'm, I've got like materials yeah, made of like animal sins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've lived a very long life. You've no idea. <laughs> I got I, I, all I'm full Jumanji failed. here. <laughs> all three of us failed. <laughs> <laughs> nope, this is too much. <laughs> this can't possibly be happening. Okay, so I'm going to go. 
<laughs> I think I think this is so crazy. I think we're going to go with a full D12 for everybody. Let's see what that does. Oh, oh a one, apparently. Hey! <laughs> hey! <One>. hey. <laughs> <got> a nine! <laughs> Goodbye, sanity! So the, the first creature turns its ray towards this creature and this this ray of super hot air strikes it peels back its skin but it still descends towards it and in one huge mighty bite because i realize we've only got a few minutes left (laughs) three creatures are engulfed the tyrannosaurus rex drops the ground beneath its foes and the four of you are left in the crumbling remains of the house out the window you see or out the window out the descending broken walls of the house you see the bubble getting closer and closer and closer there is only the house left what do you do well i lost nine sanity there so (laughs) i was already down i was already down three so what I, th- I think what I was going to do is, as I said, I said D12 for everyone, so it's just a one for everybody. Uh, okay. Yeah, rather than doing individual, yeah, so. It's a close call, uh, Duncan. Somehow this uh, is... Yeah, that was... That, whoo! <laughs> I thought it was crazy <laughs> there for a minute. Yeah, just, I'm just going to ignore that big old 12 I rolled. <laughs> <laughs> as the three of them are talking and patting each other in the back, I walk by in the front going, Kenneth! Benji! And, this, and this, this wall is approaching you. What do you do? Keen, what the, what, what, what do we do? I was held back in time and I've, I've, I've managed to get just enough for this machine to work. I think I can maybe get one more time to work quickly back to the library, what, or what's left of it. So you've, there's an you've extra like, pair of gloves and boots, right? The, uh, this, yeah, <laughs> but they were like wrapped around the T-Rex's, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's somehow you've managed to wrap it around the T-Rex, so you'd have to unstrap it, but you can only take one person with you. And, uh, so, uh, Jack Connolly, what do you do? So, obviously, you've kind of run into the, the outside and the wall, this shimmering sphere, is right in front of you. So, like, I... The last thing Jack Connolly saw, and he's somewhat semi-insane, was he saw something trying to tear through the wall. Mm-hmm. So... Can I get in my car and try and drive through the wall and see what happens? So you you definitely can. So you step in and <laughs> hit the, wall, you, the concrete wall. You hit the concrete wall full on. Out the windscreen. And uh, the three <laughs> of you hear this crash from outside. Wait, hold up, hold up. I'm not going gunning it from a mile away. I mean, oh, like, I thought that's up... what you literally said. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I meant, no, no. I meant up against the wall, like trying to push through it. Like your man slowly forces his way through the, the lobster mushroom monster thing. Okay. I'm not going from like 200 yards at probably 25 <laughs> miles an hour because it's the 20s. I want to try and push through it like with brute force. Okay, so you, you get in, you strike your car up, and the car engine is revving and revving and revving, and the wall is getting closer and closer, and you push into it, and you feel the car going back, and it's being pushed against it, and it's actually somehow wheel spinning, wheel spinning and then the front of the, the car pushes through, and it disappears, and then the next part of the car pushes through, and you can see this wall pushing towards you, um, and you can't see anything beyond. It's like the front of the car has been cut off and the wall is now halfway up the bonnet. It's approaching the windscreen. What do you do? 
I'm gonna risk it. This is... I mean, I'm like a lobster, right? I'm hard on the outside. I'm not gonna get cut in half, definitely not. So I'm you just... feel it touching your feet, and for a moment you have this, this, this feeling of your legs breaking, your toes being pushed against an impenetrable object, and then suddenly you feel very, very, very cold, and you are absorbed into the wall. Everyone else, together, next to the corpse of a T-Rex. <laughs> and the crush. I'm there with, with another helmet and gloves. And someone put this on immediately. We must get out of here. Uh, John runs for it. He goes, <laughs> "You go for it, John, old boy. I've got an idea." Um, having seen uh, what happened, like with the lady with the big shimmering shield and stuff, and the creature tearing its way through, um, Richmond wonders if he might be able to shoot a hole through <laughs> this wall. So, who's putting so, on the device, John? Okay, and who's gonna? Who's wearing the attachment to the side? I am. I was wearing it. That's how I got okay. the T-Rex to come through. <laughs> so the so so as Richmond Green fires into this wall that is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, the two of you attach yourself to the device, and once again, Professor Keen, you try and engage with time itself. Yes. Let's see if you can save the story. You mean I haven't saved the story? Go on, okay, 28 power. against 60. Ooh, hard success. And you fly into the past. Ooh. And that, I believe, could be an ending. What happened to poor Richmond? That definitely is the epilogue for... <laughs> what happened to me? Am I, I assume I'm dead. But like, I'm assuming, yeah. So. Exactly, I think, yeah. Jack Connolly, you fly forwards through reality and you feel the, 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 the wall covering over your head and suddenly you are looking around. You are in a clearing. You're in you're outside the house. It is April. It is probably about six o'clock, early evening. There's an explosion behind of you. You spin round and there is Richmond Green. He is looking very, very confused. A dead T-Rex. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the house is looking completely whole. And the door opens and you are greeted by Professor Keen, John Roy, and <sighs> Professor Connolly. Alive and well. Well, thank goodness for that. I wasn't sure what happened to you boys. <laughs> Richard, how about we have that brandy and I tell you about this proposal? Come on in, boys. <laughs> Time for a drink, I think. <laughs> My boy. Yeah. You, I cannot wait. And I think that is probably a very, very good place <laughs> to leave this story. 
So a huge thank you to everyone at home for listening. Thank you for everyone on Twitch for watching. I hope you've enjoyed our little journey through time. I want to say a huge thank you to um, Owen, who played Jack Connolly. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for um, Niall, who played John Roy. Thank you. <laughs> a huge thank you to <laughs> Curran, who played Professor Keane. You're welcome. A huge thank you to Duncan Rhodes, our special guest, for playing the amazing Richard Green. Uh, my pleasure. A lot of fun. And finally, we cannot forget the amazing person behind the production. A huge thank you to Aram. Thank you so much for everything you've done. And that is us done. We will still be around for a few minutes to answer any questions, <laughs> discuss T-Rexes <laughs> in Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it doesn't again. do as much damage as Richie's shark on the T-Rex. <laughs> Thank you again. And that is us done. That was the code. Oh, my God. One of the guys, uh, Caromed, just got back. He said, I had to pee. How did it go in the end? I got to the minute where they put on the machine. Oh, boy. You're not going to believe what just happened. Oh. <laughs> now, I don't know if that was the first time we put on the machine or the second time we put on the machine, but if it was the first time, a lot. <laughs> no, Kermit had the comments at night earlier. It was always oh, in the first half. Kermit, what was your comment at night? I forget what it was. It's so far back we'll be able to find it. Oh, He's been on fire was, all game. Was <laughs> supposed to be, am I expected to try and pull a Q&A out of that, that horror show, am I? <laughs> Any well, questions I, I, in the chat while we're talking, I, think, I guess. I think, uh, yeah, so, I mean, if, so this is a fan, absolutely fantastic scenario. Um, so it is in Chaos Team's new release, which is Mansions of Madness Volume 1, um, which has quite a few of the original scenarios from the Mansions of Madness, including Mr. Corbett, um, not including the sanatorium, which is really sad, because I think that's hopefully going to be in Volume 2, but it also includes the code. Now, the way it's written is the first part is very, very structured and gives you loads of things to work with, lots of different ideas for like ripples in time, some of which I used, some of which I didn't. Um, but it kind of gives you no real idea at the end, but it does say, if you're gonna go really crazy, you could use a T-Rex. And I was like, yes. <laughs> That somehow that is gonna happen <laughs> and, and i was very aware that we were running out of time and uh, i felt that that was a a possible end <laughs> you can obviously tell you're a big jurassic park fan because the crystal things vision was also based on movement like the velociraptors in jurassic park <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah yeah so i mean obviously so um, claire um or eve is uh, the actual sort of main antagonist and so that was actually her she had that chain to her control so the idea was is that she can use that to defend herself it's like um, one of the spells in her spell book, which is hidden somewhere in the house, lets you um, summon a fractal entity. Um, mm. She also has like a shield in front of her, which you blew through. <laughs> easily damage. Okay, let's big props to the damage rolls from Duncan. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I created a damage rolling tool for the first time ever as well, which was nice. The 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 the, the clutch rolls when they were necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they came in well. <laughs> The, the finest moment for the chat as well was when you went up to the attic and described that crystal spell creature. Mm. Someone went, ooh, a save point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. So uh, we'll start off with some questions. Guys, if you haven't in chat, throw it up and we'll get to it. Uh, Duncan, how, how was that for you, I guess? Well, I was really fun. The for rest of us. <laughs> yeah, really fun. Um, I didn't expect to survive it um, with the big monster crawling through the uh, like the tear in reality, and then like 
the threat level escalating more and more. I was pretty sure I was going to be a goner in some weird, horrifying way. Very surprised to come through it alive. And all of us alive as well. Yeah, I was honestly, I thought I was dead the second that uh, William walked in the room behind me. Yeah, you played that pretty well, <laughs> so, to be fair. So when I used the time machine, I had no intention of trying to really save all of us. I assumed you were going first and foremost. You could have just gone back. Complete and, coward, and then you, you know, just you, claimed it as your own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jack was at least going to go back and try and kill someone to prevent the whole thing, like you know, like killing baby Hitler type scenario. I was like, yeah, this won't happen. That was my plan. I was like, <laughs> what does this thing do? Nile goes, I don't know. I was like, what the fuck I, is my plan? As my character, I didn't know. Didn't you? It's true. Oh, he had no idea. Oh, there you go. Jack, so, you, were, you were just ripping on me. Like, and I was like, <laughs> I I'm you. not going to meta. <laughs> I thought Jack tweaked it at some point. My bad. <laughs> or not Jack, sorry. Um, what was your guy's name? John. So then those weird lobster bug things, were they going to help us, Joe? Um, so they're, they're not in the scenario. Um, so they, my Migos, idea was right? that they're, yeah, they're, the Migu, they, they basically got hit that there is this time device. And I think I imagined that there was this, um, basically when Dr. Connolly first used the time device, he basically fractured time, which was broken, which is why all this crazy stuff was happening in the house. And then time, I imagined that time would try and heal itself. So the bubble is basically anything in the bubble is broken. I think outside the bubble is normal reality. And what they wanted to do is trying to get in, grab the device, and then leave. So their goal was to try and get hold of this device for their own nefarious means. So they had flown down from Yogov and Pluto, I think, in the story. They'd torn their way in, and their goal was to get the device. So they were kind of a separate story. But um, in, the, in the story, they've got something called the Chilex. Chilex, Chichalex, I don't know. And like, it's a nice idea, but I, want, I quite like the idea of using Migos, and I wanted something that was a bit more... Um, visceral and description a bit more scary like i think a lot of this scenario the whole way i try to gm it is just always raising stakes um the bit in the woods isn't really in the scenario like i think it does give you the option of finding professor Connolly's corpse but it's much more like if they go on the woods i guess they could find this but then it, i felt that was a really nice thing to include particularly because you've got claire saying one thing and then you finding him dead somewhere else or you seeing mm. him alive and then you suddenly the next scene he's dead so i thought that was quite a cool thing to go into um, so we do the question then of what are your thoughts and reflections on the production and format from our end from the players it looks and sounds great for the viewers mm. I was going to say that's probably well for the for the visual side that's probably something Aram could address he might pop in if he can hear us if not I'm sure he's going to say it's fantastic because Aram is good at what he, what he does and he knows <laughs> it too yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's sorry, sorry for me to talk good. at the same time because i'm hearing myself doubled right now because of how the audio oh, no. is set up, but <laughs> yes thank you worst. it was a lot of fun to uh to uh produce this and i can't wait until we do our next show yeah yeah it's me in two weeks on friday which is gonna be amazing oh that is something to, to call out while we're still around the next one because it's uh part of the D celebration weekend is going to be on a friday yeah. uh, joe is going to tell you the time eight o'clock is it no, so it's um, 7 p.m. GMT, I think. I'm not sure what it is. Um, so it's 11 a.m. PST, 7 p.m. GMT, and it's uh, 2 o'clock uh, EST. So yep. Eastern time, it's 2 o'clock. Pacific time, it's 11 o'clock a.m. And for them over there, it's 7 p.m. Uh, GMT, UK, Ireland. If you want to check out, like, we've got character art done for myself, Niall, Curran, and special guests each week. Joe will be the GM. Like, we've got character art for our three characters. We'll be sharing all that over on... Does it roll on Twitter and it's class? Mm -hmm. 
shout out to Ben, uh, who we will link on our Twitter as well. The soon all the character art. Yes, his character art is amazing. Actually, yeah. I hope I Ben I, draw, I, at Ben draws life. He's absolutely fantastic. Thank you, yeah. Joe, because I could not remember it. So so good. Um, no, I mean, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I think obviously maybe I escalated a bit too far at the end with the T Rex, but I was definitely oh, was I was very very keen. That was my favorite part. I think I was like, he's bringing a great old one. It's like T Rex, like oh, well I guess <laughs> maybe <laughs> like the big thunder, <laughs> is... like what are you gonna have like Nanolathotep or something just like Dagon, yeah. <laughs> I was just really pleased to to tie it back together with um, obviously Duncan shooting Parker in the last episode. Yeah. And then there's the actually this is why he was alive. That was yeah, so good. I really that liked was that. so good. I really like that. I had a, a slight fear that um, he was actually going to have shot Jack instead, and like the whole thing, we thought it was Parker, but no, no, that's how Jack was going to check out. <laughs> Thankfully, not though. I, I mean, I think the whole the looping things in, like for example, when you shot the the bubble and then it caused the shake and then that knocked over um mm. that knocked over elizabeth and then i could escape and uh, then well, I that went was back your idea time. that was amazing yeah and th- then i went back in time and uh and i actually saved parker's life so parker's still with us good it's that- <laughs> <laughs> good he can drive me home <laughs> <laughs> well i mean until i guess you use the time machine again and fracture reality again and the whole thing starts again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a question, but that's a great comment. Go on, Kurt. You have it. Oh, he yeah. said, uh, just said, to one of with width with perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, what I'm happens? Not... Did, did, we, did we ever see what happened, Benji? I kept wanting Benji to turn up to save the day. I kept mentioning him, hope, like, come on, tie this in somewhere, Joe. Um, so, my, my original idea was to have him buried alongside um, the. Kenneth. Kenneth, but I didn't really feel how I could bring it in at the time. I think yeah, this scenario, like they recommend two sessions. So you think the average session is just four hours and you think eight hours. So we only had like half that time. Mm-hmm. And I think the scenario itself does give you a lot more, I guess, meat to some of the detail. I've tried to kind of push out as much of the story as possible because I wanted it to feel like it had an arc, like a beginning, a middle and an end. And I wanted to feel like a lot of loose ends were tied off, which hopefully I did well. But at the same time, the pace of it was very pushed. And I, I really didn't want to interrupt you, but sometimes I did feel like I was kind of like, right, we need to get to the next scene. Or like, I'd, I'd, I'm know, going to say well, this. You're cut, like, cut, cut. God pointed at you. We, get on. <laughs> we, it was like part one, two, and three is like build up, build up, build up. Part four is just shit hits the fan. And it's just all out wild then. Like. And to be fair, like as the guy who gives Joe the most crap for doing that on the show, I didn't think it was that bad. Because in Call of Duty, that kind of happens. Like, no, it, it worked perfectly. It's like 70% mm. of what the fuck's going on. And like, oh, right, everything's burning. Like that's kind of how the show goes. You know, I, I thought it was, it felt natural. I think when we came back from the break today, it went straight to you guys, me blowing the spine out of... Uh, that was Willie. so good. You got, you, you David, stayed yeah. in the attic, and you guys <laughs> having that creature pulling through the rift, coming towards you in the forest, and <laughs> Duncan blowing his brains out. Do you know what my first instinct was when I saw that monster? Try and run it and get through the gap behind it. That was my first instinct. <laughs> No, I, was like, I mean, man, that, I, I need a lot that, of rolls to go my way, though. But if, if you'd done it, you'd probably have succeeded, although you may have written yourself out of the scenario, so it'd have been interesting. Yeah, but like, that... like surviving for me in Call of Cthulhu was a big day for me. But ultimately, <laughs> um, I don't think the the Migu are like necessarily antagonistic. Like they'd come for the time machine, and then they'd maybe offer you all an escape in their brain jars. <laughs> like they have, it's an escape. They, have they have an objective, like a really logical objective. That, yeah. yeah. If Professor Keen didn't come through the wall, John Roy was going to be in that space jar like that. 
Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was gone. It was, that's why I pushed the rule. I was like, I've got a whale. What would have happened if we'd taken the brain jar option? <laughs> I don't really know. Like, I guess, so one of my regrets is I wish I'd maybe extended that scene a bit more. Like, I think it was kind of like, present this awful option. And then as you're kind of going like, fuck, mm. this is the ending. Oh my oh, God. Man, you, that is, oh, there's the T-Rex. I'd but, love to do another scenario with all of these characters and everything that's happened as canon. So I can constantly refer to my Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> but, yeah. Or like, no, how, how about we do the final scene of I waved my Twitter thoughts from so a very far. young age. His name was Brian, and he was very nice. <laughs> he was a good boy, the best boy. He was your best boy. What we should have is like Professor Keen going to every scenario of Call of Cthulhu we've had so far and like stopping Owen from opening the jar and like <laughs> <laughs> stopping Curran from punching the guy in the throat. He's a great <laughs> joke, like guys. Thing. These are great jokes. If you want to check out what I was talking about, go to howweroll.com. Um, <laughs> just to go back to what Joe said on presenting with this horrendous option, by show of hands for people who aren't uh, current, who felt that the brain jar was a terrible option? Yeah, we all would have taken it, right? Okay, Duncan wouldn't have taken it. I was like, I'm getting <laughs> oh, <no>. the chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100% I thought that was the way to go. I, was like, I would I rather not exist. Like oh, I think oh. around is... Uh, oh, oh, right. oh, we may be gone. <laughs> Oh, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> we take it back. He's not the best at what he does. It was a, it was a... <laughs> So do we want to do any quick final thoughts going around the table, guys? If you have any questions or anything you want to ask us players. Wolfman said the T-Rex with Greg 2.0. <laughs> just it's just an evolved form of Greg. <laughs> I mean, just I... the wideable Greg, that's all. <laughs> I I would have loved so again obviously we're on a very very tight time scale we had four hours to put across the entire story with all you know getting in all this stuff like it felt very packed I hope it came across really well obviously I'm the sort of DM that would go really really well then I just remember the three things that I wish I'd done differently so that's probably what I'll focus on for the next three days I tell but, you I was a player it was Friends, well, like. it was fantastic I had a, I had a blast I at least mm. I think I, I, <laughs> and me and that are the first thing to tell you your crap so like there you go <laughs> Chad if any feedback you have throw away because this is obviously the first time we've done a live show of this rather than our podcast where we cut out a lot of waffle <laughs> so the first one was night anyway he, he, the santorium was very live oh yes More live yeah, than was this. it we have yeah, yeah, we had like people, so you could pay to in and like make things happen. I think someone oh. paid a whole ton of money, but everyone lose their shit. I was <laughs> mental straight away. Like, yeah. Um, so what, what I was going to say is, that despite pushing forward, I, one of my biggest regrets is that we didn't get to hear more from your characters. I would love to have had sort of some scenes that really played out. It was a great one between Duncan and Owen when um, they found the body and that was great. And I didn't, I, I really didn't just step back and let it play out. And there could have been so many more scenes like that where you talked about, um, I know in the book it suggests that before you start the story, each of you play out a little improvised scene of how you know Professor Connolly to really kind of get you together. Um, I think I'd, I'd loved all your characters and I'd love to have heard more from them. I think it was, I'd, I'd love the idea of revisiting them someday. It'd be really cool. I think yeah, most, I was... most of my like best point in Call of Cthulhu is usually whenever my character's alone and not interacting with anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure how, like going into it, I wasn't sure how, what I thought of Jack Connolly. I was like, um, but there's the same with all my characters in Call of Cthulhu. Like the character comes out or I, or I write the character as I play when I have someone to play with. In this case, it was Duncan for a lot of it. So, like, it's nice to have someone who plays nice. 
Yeah, yeah the other guys don't. That makes the other guys <laughs> shit. Fuck all the rest of my uh, castmates. No, but it it like for me, that's how my characters come about generally. That and the dice. I thought I just uh, wanted I to be a very Jack pretty... professor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your voice is hilarious. I think uh, <laughs> so Richmond good. and Jack go on very well. I could kind of see um, Richmond actually funding Jack's late blooming acting career. There we go. As a fifth year old. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. I, I kind of forgot how old Jack was. In my head he was like a, a mid thirties kind of guy. I was like, no, nope, I am mm. very old. Didn't Samuel L. Jackson start his career really late? Like you could be the next, you know, snakes on a plane. Like that could be a thing. And was my pitch that good? Do you think <laughs> I could be the next Samuel L. Jackson or the first Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Gene Hackman, was, Gene Hackman was in his fifties, wasn't he? Or like late forties. Maybe next uh. Popeye. Carmen, what about your character? How did you find playing the the accent? You were kind of worried about it beforehand. Um, I wasn't so worried about the accent. I really, really, really enjoyed it, and I thought it would be very good if um, I could continue to play a character like this. The thing I like the most is that my character's reaction would never be to punch someone in the throat, and it would never be (laughs) very much appreciated. From my idea is the idea is self-preservation at all costs, Um, any cost whatsoever. I'm taking that route. That's it. A complete coward. And uh, that was fun. I liked it. All right. So Desk, Desk Wire uh, said this was pretty tight. There was very little shenanigans compared to the, how we actually roll, which apparently is just us waffling completely from the Patreon. <laughs> I mean, that, like I said, that's a lot more like us recording the podcast versus us like keeping to the... like. We don't have a deadline, yeah. The, yeah, like yeah. Keep, keeping to our story that we're playing without like having a deadline, yeah. Even now, we're kind of over deadline on this one, which was, you know, we got a bit, probably a bit tighter. And maybe two hours we're going to play? I think, we two and a half about hours. Two, I think it was two hours, 20 minutes uh, each side. Two and a half with the 10 minute break included. Yeah. I, think but, I mean, that's okay. I, like, when we finished the first break, I was like, fuck, we've got so much to... Like, we're, it was a couple it of times fast like, after the first break, though. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it had to. Like, we really needed to do that. Um I mean, I'd never planned, obviously, for Curran to go back and save Parker, but I was driving home today. Like, we've been away for the week. I was driving home and going, yes, that would be perfect. That's got to happen. Aren't you lucky that Curran was the one who... who, who uh, on. <laughs> uh, well, anyone could have done it, I guess. But I feel like yeah. I feel like Professor Keen on the T-Rex was the best combination you could have had. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Any other character, it's like they're just trying to be cool. But I picture him as uh, Richard Ayuadi. <laughs> 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 That works, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, Miles from the IT crowd. Um, so it. I guess, I mean, one question for the for everyone who's still watching. Um, one of the things, so we, we will be playing Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. So we've got uh, our, our first episode is going to be in two weeks on Friday as part of the D&D celebration weekend, which will be amazing. Um, and then we'll be playing every Sunday for, I think, nine weeks. And we've got like a uh, 10-week total um, season, and that will be season one. But we're also looking at things to do post-season one. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll keep us on and we'll do it for, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also want to do other things. There's a few things that have been bounced around. There's certain things I want to do. Like if you're on our Discord, we've, I've, I've got some ideas on there that I've shared. But is there anything, um, like someone's just said, uh, Desquire has just said, uh, maybe playing some cult. Oh, no, sorry, Crimson Loon has said maybe doing some cult live. Um, I mean, I've, I've loved playing cults. If you, if you haven't heard our cult games on our Patreon. What's the difference if, you start an, if you start a new cult game with Craig, I demand to be in it. I brought him to the show and I haven't got to play with him since. <laughs> What is so much fun. exactly? How does it work? I've never... It's powered by the apocalypse. So it's basically 
you every role forces the story forward so it's not like pass fail it's not binary it's more like if you pass then you learn these things or these things happen if you pass then you learn maybe a bit or you know a good thing happens but also maybe a bit of a bad thing happens and if you fail then you haven't really failed you just a bad thing happens but the story still moves forward um so it's much more narrative based but cult itself is sort of as written it's like hellraiser if you've ever seen those films like it's very clive barkerish you know the world is a veil and beyond the veil is something that you okay. really don't want to integrate with um ten soons asked joe alien rpg joe question mark <laughs> so alien rpg is 100 on my list so i've now learned the rules and i'm working free both um what's the scenario called not not hope last day the other one that comes with the original starter set but i've also backed the um uh, well i paid for the the rate scenario which is where you all play colonial marines um and i've got the pdf of it and it's amazing so i'm just waiting for the hard copy of that so we are 100 <laughs> playing alien rpg um it's, i don't know whether it'll for... be a podcast thing or whether it would be a, a how does it roll thing like i don't know how it's going to be but it is um early 2021 we are absolutely doing an alien one shot or campaign because I just love um, Alien so much. I love. The There's universe. a lot of people saying they'd like to see more Pulp Cthulhu. Yeah. I don't mind playing Pulp Cthulhu personally, but I think I prefer regular Cthulhu. I don't know what I've the never, rest of you guys think. I've never played well, Pulp, so I don't know what it's like. So there's a scenario called uh, Waiting for the Hurricane. Is that what it's called? It's in the Pulp Cthulhu book, and it's just so like shotguns and dynamite. That's the whole thing's based on that. It's just so <laughs> over the top. Um, and I think we can have a lot of fun with that. Would you do it? Would it be a long session though, or would it be? No, no. It's really. It's very like it's. It's the definition of pulp. It's. I think it's written by Matthew Sanderson, who's one of um, one of our favorite GMs, but also one of our favorite writers. And it's a really. You can make it as long or as short as you want. Like I reckon we could do it in two hours. Uh, ten soon. If we wanted to. Ten, ten soon said he'd done it in four hours, and he said he's ran it three times so far, and it's been hilarious every time. It's so, so. good. It's so good, but. I think with us, we'd probably want to extend it to the four hours because I think if you want to hit those beats, that beginning, middle, and end. You... And I have, yeah. I have now learned how to play um, Tales from the Loop. I just need to finish off kind of a half story in my head because I've played a couple of games. Um, one for a recorded Irish con that's going to be on, but like, I think that could be fun because it's not as combat-based or deadly as stuff we play. So it'll be interesting to see how Curran goes when he can't like blow up the world. Like I don't know what he does after that. <laughs> also got paranoia from the squire and we've also had uh they came from beyond the grave by crimson loon so paranoia i've got the boxer and i'm sure um i think it's grave jane someone has managed to find a really cool way of using the cards in roll 20 which is because basically rather than rolling a dice you draw cards but the cards aren't like you know the 52 playing deck cards they're the paranoia cards and they have like this happens and this happens um i think there are dice as well maybe but I just think it's such a how we roll game. Like we'd have so much fun with the craziness of paranoia. Um, and with the ROM doing like the computer would just be amazing. I actually spent some time trying to do, I don't know if you ever played the um, portal games, trying hmm. to do, you know, the, the female voice from portal. Gladys. <laughs> yeah. Gladys. Oh, Cause it would it'd yeah. be perfect for paranoia. Cause you basically, you, you live in this dome and this broken you. world. Cake is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I was trying to use like a voice changer, and so I was playing around with some cool stuff. But yeah, yeah the, I think the other thing oh, sorry, I know, is high on my list. What's high on my list um, is I want to have like some of us ruin a Rams day as him GMing a game. Yeah, at some point, absolutely ruin his day. It was 
That would be amazing. That would be well, high on amazing. my list is definitely this uh, or, September or eighteenth Dungeons and Dragons it's gonna be a game. Bad. I'm really it's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. I am. I, and Lady Penguin. Another thing I do want mm-hmm. to get in. I want to get around to play a game of Cthulhu. Oh yeah, yes. That's a, that's, that's a big one. Yeah, we want to ruin Joe's day with a ram as well. <laughs> he, he ruins my day all the time. I've been playing what with uh, Grayson for two years. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Duncan, I'd, I'd love to play with you again. Like your character was so fully formed. Like you just Fantastic. arrived as this perfect package of uh, this this hilarious, you know, English toff who just, you know, these little sayings, everything. It was great, and you fit so well with our playstyle. Like not everyone does, but you really have. I think one of my favorite oh. things was when you were going crazy and you started uh, humming "God Save the Queen." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I did too many uh, uh, stereotypes, but I was like thinking back to um, no, I, I like. I like uh, so I'm really into like 18th century kind of history and you know, military history and stuff. 19th century, so I was just kind of think of movies where I've heard like what the posh people say and you know <laughs> just tried to <laughs> tried to like say things like that. So I had a lot of fun playing that character. Yeah, I'd love to play again. You guys uh, are like really close knit and really like well polished on how you run these things, and um, you all play the character. You know and that drives a story, and I think that's so important in a game like this. It's not like number crunching. It's all about you know the narrative. I think it's really fun. Yeah, I'd love to. I think it'd be an honour to come back on again at some point. So I'll certainly be listening to your shows, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who don't know, you should check out Two Tin Coats on YouTube, guys, for Duncan's... Uh, uh, it's D- Duncan's uh, Duncan Rose Painting Academy on YouTube. He's Two Tin Coats oh, on, uh, on Twitter. Got it wrong. <laughs> uh, don't yes, worry, yeah. Duncan, I got you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, some, yeah, somehow that's what I do for a living. <laughs> Long story of how I get there. Uh, I've been on podcasts where I talked about it. But, you know, actually, that yeah, makes me think. You guys, um, I don't know if you ever had much experience with the, the Warhammer roleplay games. Um, yeah, I've played some of those. Dark Heresy, Heresy for a while, but we yeah. have. Joel played that an offline game with it. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Uh, there's a there's a fantastic Warhammer Fantasy campaign um, called Power Behind the Throne, which is like a long module, but it's it's amazing. I've had the the pleasure of playing through that one. So my my friend Alex ran it, and. Um, it's got kind of like various seasons and things, but it's very free playing and that it kind of sets you off and then sort of like lets you understand what the consequences are. And then it's like, right, you've got a length of time to figure out what to do. And it's really open form. It's really, really good. Um, as for Warhammer 40,000 ones, they're, they're, well, even Warhammer Fantasy ones, they're really deadly. And they have a D100 system, kind of like how Cthulhu does. Um, but your stats determine your skills a little bit more. Um, but it has insanity in it as well. And as you start encountering things that are like beyond your understanding, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's it's really fun if you play um, things like Dark Heresy and then Rogue Trader um, and you understand the system and what the power levels are. And then you play Death Watch where you play as one of the Space Marines and the um, the power level increases drastically because all of a sudden you're a superhuman killing machine yeah. and you get like, you get yeah. presented with yeah uh, like rather than rolling to hit and or you might hit and you might do some damage when you open fire it's like let's roll and see how many people you've killed yeah like comparison so the power <laughs> levels drastically different roll to kill yeah yeah so like playing um, dark heresy you feel incredibly vulnerable then suddenly play death watch and you feel invincible until you encounter something that is actually a threat to you and then like it's mm-hmm. you know it's on a different level so yeah that, i think you guys would really enjoy having a blast of those I'd, I'd definitely maybe chat to you at this about the Warhammer Fantasy campaign. Like I've really wanted to play Warhammer Fantasy for a while. Um, I know I've got the Zweihander rule book, which I'd love that as well. Like it's got this kind of gritty side, which really suits the sort of Kula Cthulhu standpoint. It's not as level, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, well, Warhammer's so, you know, very, it's very um, 
low fantasy. It's got like crazy high fantasy elements in it. But I mean, like we had um, so the situation, the game that we were playing, um, like what you guys would interact with, we were basically in this inn, but we had this cult, um, this cult was pursuing us from one of these evil gods. And um, they basically set up an ambush in this inn and it triggered whilst we were in it. And so um, we were like, oh, what to do? We're all drugged. Okay, uh, I'm going to try and do this, and it it basically descended into like a fight with food being used and stuff like that, like, <laughs> just completely random, and you know, like discovering where the people were all tied up and us all basically bumbling our way through the whole thing because our, our team was rubbish, like we were failing <laughs> all the way through. My my character was a thief, and his his brother was a bounty hunter, and he was wanting to become like this priest and stuff, and he was doing a big speech. And he's like, "Do not fear these creatures," and he lifts the mask of the creature and like fails all of his fear and stuff, loses like to gain sanity points. It's like, what the hell is that? Like, you know, everything <laughs> falls to pieces. It, it is very much just on the kind of line of what you guys like run your games like. So I think you'd really have a blast with it and do a great job with it. <laughs> you sound very like me when I play a game, Duncan. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that's what I would have done in that situation. Um... <laughs> well, we were constantly failing our way through it, but then there was one fight where everything just landed perfectly in place and we were constantly critical hitting everything. And <laughs> I, um, I, I, yeah. I was a rogue who tried to convince uh, a crowd, uh, an angry mob, that one of my allies was a cult leader or messiah. <laughs> that did not work out. <laughs> I believe that person was me. <laughs> no, no, it was... Silverix and Curse of Strat, or was it you? I thought it was Silverix. No, I tried to do it, but it was Silverix that we convinced them it was. Yes, you're right. Yeah, that um, is like four years ago, three years ago, maybe. Jeez, jeez, that's four years ago now. That was. I haven't gotten any better since then. No, we're still. <laughs> still I think with here. that, we should probably sign out, guys. Should we? Yeah, yeah I, I was gonna say uh, if I, I know Aram just posted up that he's doing the Eye Hunt game this fall, uh, and I don't know if Aram maybe wants to talk on that just a little bit before we go. Yes. Okay, so it's going to be a super incredibly uh, leftist and violent show about killing uh, creatures in the gig economy. Basically, uh, the you know monsters are real, and the destruction of them has been farmed out to the people, while corporations take no responsibility whatsoever. Look for that in the fall. <laughs> so right. Nice brief overview there. I like it. After that, uh, as we I'm gone. go, now you go. After that, as we said, our next show is um, Rhyme of the Ice Maiden, which is going to be hosted by... It's going to be on this channel. This channel is also going to be hosted by the D&D Twitch. And the time of that show is going to be Nile. Help me out here. Uh, we've got... It's next... Not next Friday. It's Friday after, September 18th. It'll be 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It'll be 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it'll be 7 p.m. Uh, GMT, whatever that is. What does that green there you standard? Go. You wouldn't think to look at him, but he is an international member of our show. He, yeah, he also, knows all of the time zones. Every day I'm working with different time zones, so I've got them kind of drilled into my head. If you're central time, like uh, it'll be uh, 12 p.m. or midday. There you go. So I guess the only thing to do is like sign out and shill our stuff before we go. Joe, where can we find you? Um, for today, you can find me at How We Roll Podcast. I oh, know HWR Podcast on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook on the How We Roll page. You can find me on the How We Roll Discord, and you can contact the podcast directly at How We Roll Podcast at Gmail dot com. Niall, about you? Um, you can find me on well, my name is Niall, obviously, and you can find me on uh, I think HWR Podcast Niall on Twitter. It HWR Podcast now. There we go on Twitter. Uh, I've started using it more. I've tweeted like five or six times this week. It's crazy. Other than that, you can always find <laughs> you can always find me on the uh, the How We Roll Discord too. I'm always pretty active in there, or try to be anyway. What about you, Karen? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Curran underscore J. That's K-U-R-A-N underscore J. Or um, you can find me on Twitch. I actually stream games on Mondays and Fridays at 8 p.m. for three, four hours, usually just hanging out, um, playing Ghost of Tsushima at the moment. That's uh, twitch.tv forward slash K-U-R-A-N-J. There you go. Uh, other than that, how we roll Discord. I am there. Yes. And then my partner in crime, Duncan, sell your stuff. <laughs> shill, shill yourself out. <laughs> shill myself out. All right. Um, so, yeah, I'm all about uh, painting toy soldiers and playing war games. And if you want to learn to paint toy soldiers better, you can find me at duncanroads.com, where is a, I have a website that I run with my friend Roger, and we basically make videos about painting miniatures. We also have a YouTube channel, which is Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy. And if you want to find me personally, I am on Twitter at Two Thin Coats, or you can find me on Instagram and see the things I paint, which is Duncan J. Rhodes. Very good. Definitely check it out because it is a very, very relaxing, satisfying watch. Yeah, he's a Bob Ross of miniatures. That's the biggest comment. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm I'm I'll, I'll press play, see what happens. An hour and a half later, I'm like, what am I on? I'm like, you know, one of these. <laughs> like, I've never an even... hour and a half later, you're on like Amazon Games Workshop. You're like, I want to yeah. order all of this right now. So, <laughs> the man who makes us all look good, the man behind the curtain, Naram. Have you went and you want to shill other new iHunt game or where can people contact you? The longest sign in history we're doing as well. The really, best really way to look for all of my stuff is just to go on Twitter at uh, Vardian. That's V-A-R-T-I-N. I post everything there on a continuous stream. You'll always find it. All right. Last but not least, guys, I'm Howie Roll Owen. You can find me on Twitter at Howie Roll Owen, which is E-O-G-H-A-N. I also stream over on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Howie Roll Owen. I'll probably be going live in the next hour or so. If you want to catch me, ask me questions about the game. Left me failing at probably Subnautica tonight. That's been our All show. Right. This has been The Code. Thank you very much. We'll see you later. Thank you, everyone. Take care. <laughs>